All right. Hello, everyone. Uh, so excited to be doing this today. Uh, we're joined by our secret guest, who I happen to know, um, Brendan Hufford. Brendan uh, leads SEO here at Directive. Very, very sharp, good on his feet, ready to bring his skills to the broader world in a public setting. How are you feeling, Brendan? Uh, excited, nervous, all of the things. What are you most nervous about? Oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, hopping hopping on and doing a live show with your CEO, no big deal. No problem. Just live marketing. Show your chops in front of your CEO. It's no, and and everybody watching. Um, let's factor that into, I don't know, man. This is so great. I, the thing people don't know is I was there when like we, you know, well, no, no, no. Let's give credit where it's due. Where you came up with the idea for this show. And I love it. I'm so excited. The intro music, everything. This is oh, coming together so well. No, it's going to be fun. So yep. as everybody listening, watching, what we're going to do is uh, we do not know who it's going to land on. We are going to literally pull up the spinner. So production, Ryan, give me the spinner. And oh my God. Okay. So whoever this lands on, we're doing it. And we're going to look at the lens of SEO since we have an SEO leader on today. Intercom. All right. So. Brendan, I think this makes you happy probably. I know you're big on conversational marketing, but you haven't ever marketed a conversational marketing company from what I'm aware of yet, have you? No, I never have. Only been a, uh, yeah, somebody who's been a fan of it, used platforms, but never, never worked with or for one. Yeah. Okay. So at a high level, my understanding, because I've used both, right? And so we're going to start with high level for everybody watching. Drift. Premium product, low friction, works great, created the category conversational marketing, really heavy on brand. However, they don't support back-end product, and they're much more sales-centric. So we had Drift. We launched our own SaaS product, and I wanted to have in-platform the chat so I could support the like users and I couldn't use the chat for customer support separate from marketing. So I know that was a gap, and that's why I went with Intercom. They also did some really good startup credits, so it was free the first year. So Intercom has some things going for it. Simultaneously, using the product, not maybe as simple as Drift, okay? Yeah. However, we got to beat Drift. So let's see first, as always, what are people saying? about intercom. So I'm gonna share my screen. Let's see. So we're gonna go over here to G2. Can I, can I share a funny story as we're pulling this up? Oh yeah, 100%. Um, I ended up meeting Ryan Benici, who's the CMO of G2, because yeah. I was evaluating Drift and Intercom. And I looked at their page and every single metric said, Intercom had 4.8 stars and Drift had 4.9. And then, then another category, Drift had 4.5 and Intercom had 4.6. And I was like, wow. G2, this is a whole page that says nothing. Literally, yeah. they're, they're a tenth of a star away in every single category. It says nothing. There's no opinion. There's nothing yeah. of value on this page. And Ryan, Ryan tweeted me back and was like, what would you like on that page? And I was like, not, wasn't expecting that response. Um, let's talk about it. Sure. We ended up, you know, sure. we've got to be friends. But that was the that was where it started. Was that there just wasn't 
anything there, and it's you can see it's pretty different now. Well, I know, and you're a big fan of three star reviews. I know, so I'm clicked on the three star, and they can say great tool, but can do better on quality of customer support and experience. Okay. Yeah, and I've heard that from people too. That 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 is a big thing. Is it's especially if you have experience with Drift or anything else, it, it can be difficult to use for for marketing. What problems you solve? Due to limited availability of live person seating at events, we had to try to create a digital version. It was helpful for this, but eventually had to develop an in-house customized solution that worked with greater ease and gave us greater control. Okay, so we have all the different things. Now, I think this is one of the rare things where you're in this marketplace where it's like two big players and everything else doesn't matter. And I think most people watching have a good idea of the two. So let's go mm -hmm. a little different and let's just go straight into their website. We kind of skip a little bit past here and go a little bit more to the first impression. So intercom conversational relationship platform now this to me is brilliant because this is their differentiation right at the end of the day you can't do customer support on other platforms like you can i think the one that you can is zendesk so i think it's like zen chat um but let's look at what's there right you got social proof conversational experiences much more than live chat single tool it's a sell support users through every step to sell to and support so they are doing that full funnel positioning which i think is pretty yeah. cool they didn't use this turn just looking into buying now i know some of the features that drift does is much more sales focus mm -hmm. so i'm curious support engagement marketing nothing on sales what do you think about that yeah i think it's i think they're i think they're doing a smart thing here they're playing to where they're strong and where drift is weak and i think that it would be problematic if they just tried to match even for even because they have in some ways they changed their yeah. branding and i remember uh david cancel the ceo of drift was like wow that branding looks familiar and it looks just like the home page was redone to look very similar to drift's homepage with font choice and everything yeah. um but i love here that they're like no 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 like it's support and marketing and that's something that like you said drift doesn't do well and intercom can yeah drift is kind of doing that gong approach right really people centric mm -hmm. works in the sales space easy to use I like this stuff though, Drift. I, I like what Intercom is doing here. Now, mm -hmm. let's get more into the weeds, right? So you're step in, head of SEO for Intercom, Brendan. What is it that we need to do different? What do we want? What, what should I look at right now, in your opinion? Yeah. So I want to look at a couple things. First of all, I don't want to have too strong of an opinion in any sort of way of like Intercom is doing content wrong because they pioneered okay. content marketing in a lot of ways. Like I've been a fan of the intercom. I had to, uh, at the the previous agency that I worked at when we were evaluating these, uh, the one of the founders was like, I've been reading intercom for, for a long time. I think they were founded in like 2011. Um, wow. So they've been around for even four years before Drift. Drift was, I think, 2015. And what's really interesting here is that like, They've, they set a really strong moat in terms of like the quality of content and even, you know, content marketers cite a lot of stuff from Intercom, right? Uh, the whole idea of use your blog as a library and not a publication came from Intercom. Yeah. 
Um, so they do a lot of things right when it comes to content, but I think they still have some vulnerabilities with SEO that I, I'm kind of excited to like dig into a little bit here. Um, I'm super curious where the gap is between their content and drifts, because I think a lot of times as a marketer, we're like, well, we love drifts marketing. They're great. All this stuff. Um, intercom isn't as heavy handed. I don't feel in their marketing. Uh, whereas drift is very like over the top, like huge events, huge, like yeah. 27 podcasts or not really. I'm kidding. There's yeah, like, yeah. No, I hear what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. They're all in on kind of brand 24 seven. Mm -hmm. But I mean, a lot of that came from the fact that they happened to get, I don't know if lucky is the word, but like Dave who ran their stuff, I think it was a pretty good, uh, personality in the marketing space too. And so mm -hmm. I think a lot of that came from that. Now, what I'm interested here on is just kind of looking at some of the just nuance of like, you know, 23,000 keywords from drift, 36,000, you know, traffic, 71,000 costs, 437 traffic costs 2.5 million. So to me, there's definitely some differences going on here. Now what I'd love to do to understand this and get an idea of what's going on in the space is take the word chat even though I'm sure they all want to do something else. That's not what the market considers them, right? So I want to look at mm -hmm. this idea of chat and see who's doing a better job around this concept and kind of what that means. So here, and I'm going to exclude both their brand names because I think that'll help us see it. So we got Drift here. We got inter intercom here. We're gonna exclude their brand names, so we get a more, a little better understanding of how they're doing on these things. So, Drift chatbot number six, and that's living on a learn page. So it looks like they're going top of funnel. Okay, so it's a guide, ultimate guide to chatbots. Old, like not old school, but very like standardized. Like I'm guessing this is an anchor tag. Oh no. Okay, so it's chapters okay so they're doing a yep. chapter driven subfolder approach to chatbot okay this is actually yeah. a little old school and i like it okay so you got this folder built out approach here not even using anchor tabs full like topical hub and that's drift and then intercom chat software so it's kind of their this is their page for it boom now they're using a bottom of funnel solution page that isn't sitting in a subfolder, which is weird, but the same idea here. So in your opinion, and let's go a little deeper, where the hell is their guide? Here yeah, I'm looking at, I'm confirming everything we're seeing, right? Looking in yeah. uh, hrefs as well of like, what is the, over, like, it looks like the only between, if you know, we could also include like the actual uh, live chat uh, it looks like Help Scout and Close also compete with them in many chat in and from an SEO standpoint. But the overlap yep. between most of these in terms of keywords is only three or four percent, and I would have expected it to be a lot higher. Yeah, it seems no, like they both kind of have their content north star and are just kind of like running with it at this point. Um, I think I see. I don't know this. I could be wrong, but it looks like Intercom stood up a Drift versus Intercom page, which I think is one of the biggest things. A lot of times you don't see big brands going at each other directly like this. And yeah. in this case you do. No, I love that. 
to me, the biggest thing that stand, stands out immediately is, right, like they've got a bottom of funnel live chat page going after live chat software, mm-hmm. which is still going to get a lot of the review sites. It's going to be hard to ever rank number one there, but it's important. And you can still take some market share. But then this is – they don't have a guide page. Like they don't have a world-class guide that they invested in. Like they don't have that cornerstone – asset that i'm seeing anywhere do you see that i'm digging and the fact that i have to it's not uh at least doesn't appear to be front and center is not great they what's in so what's interesting from a what we see coming to the site from an seo standpoint is a lot of like we're support and we're marketing but the pages they seem to rank for really well all have to do with product and SaaS sales, like sales strategy, SaaS sales. I think they rank number one for things like yep. that. And it it seems, I don't know, just not to be as focused of a, a content strategy when it comes to SEO specifically. Well, then let's go look at that at a higher level, right? So let's go back here and let's go to the learn. So resources, I always want to see. So they have this resources section. Mm-hmm. I always get a little thrown off when people's resources section don't function as resources section. So like, I can't, like, I don't know what the difference is between this and the blog. Yeah. It looks like resources is books, guides, webinars, blog is articles. I can understand separating that out for a lot of different reasons. Um, but it's still from an SEO standpoint, sometimes pushing that out, they end up burying things. Like there's some really cool functionality on their blog page. But my fear is that with this much content, like this prolific amount of content coming out, they're going to end up burying things. Right. So they say books, guides, and videos, yet they leave with an article. And so that's where my brain gets confused because I don't understand why you need to separate it because you don't have any books, guides, or videos in your resource hub above the fold. So I think that's definitely an area, right, of getting this organized. Then what's your take on these massive header images for SEO? (laughs) I don't look like I I love images when I feel like I I take very much. This is, again, like my YouTube SEO brain of like it has to earn the click. I get the, the asset and I get like let's make it clever. But I really want images on blogs, especially if you want to get any traction on social. I know I'm supposed to be an SEO person, but I need my content to do everything, right? I want to have content that ranks, but is also awesome for sales and activation and social and all of the things. And the the images are the easiest way to earn really high clicks on social. And it's cool that you have a designer that wants to do fun brand stuff, but it's not going to help to push the content down the page and then it's doubly yeah. not helping if it's not really a compelling thing to click on just because it's a cool graphic, but it doesn't actually add any value to. We're on YouTube. That's the whole game, right? Your image has to get somebody to click. 100%. I'm looking at this too, right? So I'm like looking at Intercom Academy. Doesn't really, frankly, seem to be anything here, like a support collection. But, I mean, it's a 45-minute trip. It's not really an academy. So I think this is kind of... Definitely a gap. So I'm looking at it. I don't necessarily see what I want to see, let's say, 
from a uh, how do I get back to the homepage? Also, also a good question. As I'm, I'm noticing the navs. Oh, they're all different, man. Like I'm getting so different. lost. Here. Like they I'm not. Yeah, I'm not a designer. I don't, I don't play one. I don't mean to to have design opinions other than, is this going to hurt the functionality? Is this creating more issues with crawling things? Right, you know, with all of a sidebar nav, a footer nav, all these pop-outs, table of content links. I think it gives a lot of opportunities for things to break the more complicated we make them. And also, you know, I'm I'm on my like third thing overlapping a fourth thing, looking at the, you know, this blog article that I have pulled up. Yeah. You know, that honestly, like when you come in through search and then you immediately bounce back to Google, like that's a really important ranking signal. Once you're on page one, earning the click and then people staying on the site, taking action on the site is a really important thing that you have to have happen or you're not going to stay on the first page for very long. I love that. Okay, now I want to do our first pillar because I think I have mm -hmm. one that's pretty good, right? So if I'm showing up and I'm the CML, one of the first things I want to do is understand when my things work, okay? When my marketing works, does it drive performance? Does that make sense? And yep. so what I mean by that is someone comes to my site and they're not sold on chats yet. Maybe they missed some of the boat or whatever, but they're they're old school and they don't want to do chat, but they 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 people tell them they need to. So they go to the resources and they say, okay, I want to learn, right? The next wave of growth will come from conversational relationships. Okay, that sounds like an interesting concept. I want to learn that. So I go here, right? And now I'm convinced that this is true. How do I take an action? So at this point, okay, I have now read this article. I'm bought into Intercom, and they have no way of monetizing me. So I have a email subscription, which I would argue has very low correlation to revenue for their business. Sharing the article, low correlation to revenue for their business. Following them, but at no point can I evaluate the product. This is for series, the thing they're promoing, but at no point... Even down here, can I sign up to their product? So to me, this is the biggest gap I've ever seen in someone's content who's not running on some subdomain or crazy thing. Like they're literally making people create a new tab in a subfolder that has no correlation to their menu. And as you know for SEO then, right, Brennan, none of these net new pieces of content are interlinking or providing equity back to their bottom of funnel pages like solutions and capabilities. Yeah. I, I can, look, when you have a, one of the things that's always been really cool about Intercom, I feel like has been their design. And I feel like Drift took that not away, but equalized that they also have great design. And when you don't show the product, like I'm reading an, an article about storytelling and content marketing, um, that might be wonderful. But if I just do a quick skim, I see two quote blocks. I see the thing you had mentioned series kind of floating on the right, share this article on social. I've done a ton of tests. Nobody clicks those at a significant level yep. for those to remain there. All it does is remind them to go check Facebook and leave your, your site. Um, but they don't show their product anywhere. And that's not just an SEO thing. Like that's also, is this working for you? You're putting all of this yep. work into content. And e even in your like inside intercom blog, that is a product marketing blog in part, you're not showing your product anywhere. And I think that's a huge miss, whether it's with GIFs or videos or even just screenshots. Yep. 
No, 100%. So we have that one pillar. We need to essentially keep our menu consistent through our content experience. So if someone's reading, they can interact, they can sign up, they can do those things. I want to look at one other thing here that I think could be really big. Get started. Okay. So they just got my email, but they don't know who I am. I like to call this the one question. They've done a really good job right now on acquisition of my email, but not activation of me as a customer, in my opinion. And so to me, we need to keep that one thing there, but we need to get a little bit more information on submission so that we can put them in the right path where we actually know. It seems like they're breaking things up by size. So maybe there's an employee count drop down. Maybe there's something additional. But to me, you got to get a little more information to activate them. What's your take on that? Yeah, I think that's something I've heard you you talk about quite a bit is like, if you make it really hard for me to work with you and really confusing, it's more friction. I'm going to drop off. I noticed this in the buying. And this is, again, a couple of years ago. So it might have changed. But in the, yeah. the buying process with Intercom, it was, you know, I it became like a, a math equation and I needed spreadsheets to figure out everything. Like, all right, if two seats, let's take a seat away and let's add this and subtract that. It became this really complicated thing. And the problem is when they they make their pricing that complicated, they can't show everything right on a page. And it leads to very vague, bland messaging. You become like the, uh, you know, as my buddy Brian would call it, the beige couch, right? You're trying to be everything yeah. to everybody. You're nothing. Um, and that's, yeah. I think that's really problematic. I think the other thing that I've heard you talk about before too, uh, two pieces that I wanted to highlight. Number one, when I see a website where there's a lot of changing menus and different parts of the site look very different and feel very different from each other, that tells me there might be different groups owning the different parts of the site. So there might not be like a, you know, a, a really important part of like a go-to-market strategy for SEO means we have to evangelize SEO across the organization and then make sure everybody yeah. knows like, yeah, you know, product owns this and sales owns that or what, however that's structured. Um, it's really important yeah. that we have that consistency and we can see that ownership across the whole website, you know? Oh, no, I love that. And that actually just sparked my brain on a third pillar that we can have, which mm -hmm. is we got to get this features content in the menu. So if you look here, right, a lot of this is the really critical pages. Like I was trying to figure out where's that live chat page, right? Because I couldn't mm -hmm. find the live chat. All I have is solutions capabilities, but they remove features. To me, it makes no sense to not just add right here, right, and just make this. I mean, this for example's sake, but you could just be here and have features, right? And you could still have all your features content here internally linked because mobile carousels, this actually looks like pretty sweet kind of stuff. Yet, how would I ever know that this is in their ecosystem or even an option? You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like yeah. this doesn't exist. Like, cause the great, I mean, it's a great point, right? Everybody keeps saying marketing, Mobile, 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 mobile traffic, mobile SEO, mobile UI, mobile, all these things. Using chat on mobile is actually pretty brutal. This seems like something that could be really special. Like, look at this, right? Like, yeah, yeah. completely buried, completely buried down here. But you see they have the assets, right? Like, they could pull that into blogs. They could pull that. And even on the in the footer, some of those are anchor links where you have multiple, they've crammed multiple things onto one page. Um, 
and then are using I don't, it's just very confusing how everything kind of goes together uh, with that footer. And like you said, pulling that up into the header, I think is a huge advantage. Um, and what you saw previously, right? If people haven't checked out the previous episode where you did uh, uh, the SaaS marketing makeover for Grammarly, they didn't even have a header menu. They still crush in search because they have a footer and that is enough for them. And I only know that because I've worked with a couple blogs that are big in that grammar and writing space. Yes. And it's not a necessity, but I have to believe that that's hurting uh, the end game, which is, of you know, SEO is great for keywords and rankings and traffic, but if it's not driving business and people have to go find everything in a buried giant chunky footer, you know, that's not helping. Well, the thing is too, Brennan, is that big brands screw up a lot of our hypotheses because they get away with things that we don't. Like when you're Grammarly and you have that many users and that big of a brand and that your SEO is naturally better than someone else. And so you can get away with things that smaller players can't. So what I was trying to look at here was to say, okay, we have this like Drift, for example, is pushing very hard on ABM, account-based marketing, account-based sales, all these things. Mm -hmm. I was curious, how does ABM work here, right? So we have closed more deals with real-time ABM. Great. This is a competing product with Drift. A big part of it looks like a great page, yet I didn't really see it, right, in up this menu. So I would have not known that they have an ABM product. I really could not have known they had an ABM product unless I went to their footer, which if you've ever done a heat map, you'll know majority of people never make it here, right? So that's one part. The other part is, how are we selling ABM, right? So my curiosity is, do we go to, okay, we do, awesome. Now the next question I always have is, why, see how they're doing this thing? So they're doing a site-wide content magnet here mm -hmm. that's just going to their new series launch, not to their ABM product. So all this traffic isn't being monetized like it could be, because now instead of pitching, get a demo on our ABM product, it's to another piece of content. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, it is. And I, I you know, I'm, I'm, I'm again noticing like inconsistency where now I'm seeing in that that article about ABM, I'm seeing some of their product in there, and it's like, oh, all right, that that does happen sometimes. But for somebody who has such consistent brand content or brand guidelines, it seems like the content guidelines still are, are a little bit hit or miss. And even this account-based marketing article, they have one page on account-based marketing and then this one article on it. And if it's something they really want to pursue in earnest, they're going to have to build out a lot more content and, and earn a lot more links to those pages. Well, to me, they do a great job. Like the article is actually pretty good. Like they're talking about Clearbit Reveal. They're going into nice detail. They got good imagery, but it does nothing for their business. So I think to me, the biggest thing of intercom, you know, when we're looking at this whole thing together is you have everything you need. You've got good product. You got great reviews. You have good branding, but you're not consistent. You've got good content, but it doesn't really make you money. You've got all these different things that are fragmented. I think if we were to just simply bring in some focus, if you're at intercom and you're hearing this and you you have everything right like you literally have everything you need except a direction that unifies all of it together and to me 
marketers love features. Like you're selling marketers and we love shiny new objects. Like that's literally the definition of selling marketers in software is like, Ooh, look what this could do. Mm-hmm. And all of that, look what this could do is hidden in the footer. And it's not a part of that bigger story. So I don't know. That's kind of, for me, when I think about their bright new future, how they go to that next level, it's about doing a better job, acquiring emails, but then activating them. Cause you're getting these emails, but you're not activating them. It's about creating a content strategy that works with how you make your money, integrating it to your products, and then getting those features more front and center so people can think about and imagine what they can do with the product a little more than they can today. Yeah, quick question, Garrett. Did yeah. you, in your, I know we were very focused looking at the site and the content from an SEO standpoint. Did the implementation of Intercom by Intercom strike you at any point or like pull your attention? No, they don't do it like Drift where like Drift, anytime you try to do it, it pops up their bot or like puts them in their product use case. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I hate that though. I kind of get annoyed by Drift because <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah, I was looking at something the other day. Yep. Like, and they're like, oh, here's your bot again. It's like, bro, like just let me fill out a form. Like I don't need an infinity. Like not everything needs a bot. Like there's yeah. like a time and a place for bots and live chat and also for forms. So, yeah. you know, they're dying on that hill, like death to forms and they're going to win without forms. Mm-hmm. I, but, I, I totally hear you. I would just love to see just a little more inspiration beyond like, hey, thanks for checking out our page. Want to chat to learn more? No, no, I don't. And there's nothing. It just doesn't show the full like capabilities and some of the interesting things you can do with chat um, that I, I would just love to see them showcase. It's very, it's very intercom. I think that it's branded in the same way we've described Drift as like, <laughs> very aggressive sales, very aggressive marketing, very aggressive brand. Intercom is much more understated. I just I just noticed as I was clicking through it, it popped up a bunch of times. So it was just like, hey, thanks for checking it out. You can talk to us if you want. And it's like, I, I would just like to, I don't know, I would like to be marketed to a little bit more, especially when it's your, like, this is the thing you're selling. Yeah. And I think, so I'm going to share our uh, our presentation. So the team has been working tirelessly behind the scenes. And we have the final presentation. And to your point, Brennan, I think like the homepage is actually really good, man. Mm-hmm. Like if you look at the homepage, it's like great customer relationships start here. Directional design, right? Both people are looking to the middle, my email address to get started. But then like it just goes to the pricing page like we saw, right? So I give them the email and then, oh, no, this one lets me get started. See what I'm talking about? This is the craziest thing. The absolute craziest thing. Now, this is cool. We yep. never got there when we did this. This one take, took me somewhere different and only on the page, homepage that's taken there. In other words, yeah. and let's share this, completely fragmented strategy. I don't know if they separated all their product teams and let them own the website uniquely, but great tool can do better with quality experience. Exactly. Two big players, right? So this is kind of the research. What are we seeing? Social proof, conversational experiences, full funnel positioning. Love to see it. Support, engagement, marketing, no sales. I think the sales is a gap for them for sure. Um, content is strong, steady reader base, 
Like we're all on the same page there, but they don't have that cornerstone asset, big gap. The pages they rank for doesn't seem to be their audience, right? Like you said, they rank for sales related queries, but then don't have any product positioning for sales. They have cool functionalities, but they're buried in the footer. Design's creative, but isn't consistent, right? And so when you look at the three pillars, marketing is working, but doesn't drive performance. In other words, the marketing school gets me excited about it, but is it consistent, right? One time I put my email in, I go to pricing. Another time I put my email in, I go to this live chat experience. One time the menu's there and it's in the center. Another time the menu's there, it's on the right. Another time there's no menu, right? Like yeah. completely crazy experience, no consistency. I don't know how they do testing because I don't know if menu's better middle, right, or none. And then activation, right? I got my email. Who am I though? Can you actually sell me the right way? And so I think in the bright new future, like the team saying here, activation is key. We got to get the product in the content and we need to keep it consistent, right? It needs to feel comfortable so you can actually interact with them because Brennan, you've seen a lot of clients and I've seen a lot of clients. They have everything and they're uniquely unorganized. I don't think I've ever seen someone who is so heavily invested in content marketing mm -hmm. and who's done such a good job with quality of content and consistency of content, have it so fragmented and distanced from their use case. Yeah, to be, I mean, we just talked about it, right? 2011 in, in a year, they're going to be 10 years into the game, 10 years into the SEO game, so to speak. Um, yeah. They're referring domains, their organic traffic, everything kind of is going up and to the right, but at a really yeah. slow pace. And, you know, I always say SEO and content marketing is kind of your moat around your castle, right? You can land there, you can expand other places as long as you maintain that moat. And I, my fear is that their moat just isn't big enough still for being a decade in. Yeah. No, at the end of the day, they just, they have everything they need. It's like, it just needs that makeover. It just needs that focus and says, here's our product roadmap, fully integrated into our menu, our content, our frameworks, the use cases are there, the features are there, it's organized, you can see it all, it all ties back to one thing. Everything's going into a user funnel that we know we can monetize and they have that focus. I think once they, I mean, the pieces are all there, we just gotta put them on the board, I think a little different, so. Absolutely, wow. some evangelism within their company will go a long way. 100%. Well, it was a little more than 30 minutes, but we just did it. That's the SaaS marketing makeover. Brendan, thanks for joining us. Way to crush it, baby. And uh, see y'all next week. Thank you very much and goodbye.